Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Ryan Donnelly. We have an extremely busy weekend to talk about here, an extremely busy slate of college football as we recap the week eight that was. Um, Ryan, how's it going, man? It's good, Pat. It's good. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a hell of a Saturday, man. Slow start. That noon slate was pretty ugly, but uh, yeah. the afternoon and evening, man, I mean, just heads on swivels all around yeah. the place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just like tight finish for tight finish. A lot of cup controversial ones here, but just games going going back and forth. I mean, it was, it was fucking awesome. Just a great, great day on Saturday, a great Saturday of college football. Um, I fear we are due for a little bit of a, a relapse next weekend, or a, I don't know what you would call it, a hangover. Uh-huh. Uh, relapse like probably week- would be the most appropriate term. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next weekend's looking a little bit eh. Yeah. But, I mean, it, like, the first eight weeks of the season have just delivered week after week after week after week. It's been an awesome week of college, awesome season of college football. Yeah. Is next, so, wait a second. Not to, I don't want to sidetrack I don't want to sidetrack us. Did LSU and Alabama, is that not next week? I thought that was next week. Uh, No, it's the week after, isn't it? That's um, fucked up. I thought they both already had buys. I guess not. Damn. Well, yeah. Uh, I, let's I, see what happens next week. Uh, next week, Alabama. Yeah, it seems like they're both is, off. They're on a buy. Yeah. LSU is on a buy. That's fucked up. Yeah. I did not. I did not realize. I was I was all excited for, all excited for that game, and now I, now I don't get to watch it. Uh, yeah. Well, such is life. Um, yeah, but anyway, before we can get to week nine, we need to talk about week eight. There were several times, one of, one of our favorite, I think, things in college football is, is when there are like four or five games that are in must watch mode at once. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, you're just trying to consume as much as you possibly can of, of all of these games that are like coming down to the wire games that are on their final drive on their final play and you're just just methodical like trying to trying to maximize the two screens as best as you possibly can um we got one of those in the afternoon and then i think we got another one in the evening it was just uh, you you don't usually get two of those in one day which is always really really fun to do that um and then around that you just had a bunch of really good football a bunch of really fun really important football to watch um and uh a bunch of really interesting results so before we can get into that though we need to tell you about meet at midfield that's our website meet at midfield.com uh it's where you can get access to the premium posts the written posts that go up every week where you can get access to the weekly premium episode of this podcast as well as high street freaks the show that you do with kevin um and access to the message board which was on fire yesterday it is on fire every single week when there's college football on and even when there isn't just so much good stuff going on on the message board uh really something for everybody which is what we want it to be we want to have as many you know different fan bases as many different people represented there as we possibly can um and we're starting to we're starting to see that we're starting to have games where you know it's just like a it's a it's a general weeknight thread and you've got fans of teams playing in the big games popping in you've got uh just just slow slow growing croppings of of different fan bases which is really cool to see um and we would love to have you if you are you know a fan of a team that that is not maybe 
as uh, quite as represented based on just, you know, Ryan and I's background and, and the way that the site kind of started. Um, we don't want any more Ohio State fans. We're full up on Ohio State fans. No more. No more Michigan fans. None of it. We're, we're, we're locking you out. But if you root for like, uh, I don't know, Arizona, if you're a, if you're a Texas Tech guy. If you are not Florida fans, we don't want we don't want you. Um, no, but, explicitly anyone in the country except Florida. If we need James yeah. Madison fans, in the podcast. yeah, more James Madison yeah. fans. James Madison fans are awesome, man. I, I got to interact with them quite a bit earlier this season when Utah State played them. Those guys are they are in for it. They they travel to games. They're all over the fucking place. They're awesome. Yeah, um, they're, if we can maybe find like a Liberty fan who like went to school there and then like abandoned the fundamentalist religion but still yeah. likes the football team. Yeah, that'd be a good guy to get. That'd be a great um, guy to get. Yeah. Um, Florida State how about Air Force guy who's Air like Force anti-military. Guy. Okay, yeah. or Air Force guy who's pro-military. I don't know. Maybe we could fix you. Um, <laughs> parody. <laughs> no, no parody. No parody. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you're the marketing guy. If you think it's all right, then <laughs> fine. We'll try yeah. to fix you. Speaking of the marketing, we do we do still have an active discount going for as long as the uh, the, the Jim Harbaugh investigation uh, and his, his punishment for the International Criminal Court yeah. is active. We do have a 19% lifetime discount. Um, under the code cheating. Uh-huh. Uh, we are doing that because of the 19 games that Michigan will vacate whenever he is brought to justice. <laughs> um, so if you want a 19% lifetime discount on Meetup Midfield, use the code cheating uh-huh. uh, to sign up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. So. Uh, I, I do not I do not necessarily I do not necessarily endorse the narrative, but I do endorse the code. Um, Ryan, do you want to tell people about Homefield real quick? Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'm wearing a Homefield shirt right now. Um, they just released an incredible collection of bomber jackets uh, over the weekend. Um, there was the Gold Coast collection and the Heartland collection. Um, man, they are so sick. I have one on the way. I'm pumped about that. Um, they are the internet's best uh, vintage collegiate apparel merch- uh, merchandise, man. They uh, they make really incredible shirts and joggers and jackets and everything else um, for home field, uh, which is obviously what they wouldn't make it for anyone else. Uh, but they do, they do make weird. great gear um, for a lot of, a lot of teams across the country. Um, it is so like comfortable. It's so stylish. It looks good, man. I have kind of settled into my lucky home field shirt for the season. Uh-huh. Uh, I have several available, but I've kind of locked in on, on the right one. I, I changed gear at halftime of the Ohio State Notre Dame game and have not looked back. We're wearing the same shirt for every game since. Yeah. Um, so every, it's kind of, it's kind of earned its place. Every yeah. day since even, which is, you know, <laughs> commitment you, yeah you just you don't take the shirt off you sleep i wash it every and night and hang out the dry in the morning it's, you just shower in it it's just easier it's yeah. <laughs> they're calling me the only amish man in new york um <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's uh it's great gear you guys should get some and if you want to get 15 percent off if you have not ordered home field before if you live in a cave or, or some kind of underground dwelling yeah if you're the um, second amish not, guy in new york and you don't know about it yet, you just got podcast this this week for some reason well, <clears throat> yeah yeah, if you're in your Rumspringa, um, use the code uh, <laughs> meet at midfield for 15% off your first purchase at home field. Um, they're the best. It's great, great stuff. Um, we truly love it over there. Dude, if you're in your Rumspringa, we need to get you on the message board. You got to get over there. Yeah. You, you are high Dude, Imagine, Imagine a guy like, you know, a lot of people go to Rumspringa and they're like, okay, look, I'm trying to pick up girls. I'm doing drugs. I'm partying. Yeah. The guy who goes to Rumspringa and is like, I need to be watching 14 hours of college football every Saturday. <laughs> I have to get a I rival's get account. I have to get a rival's <laughs> account right now. <laughs> he like grows up. He like, he's in an Amish community kind of near like, I don't know, Central Dauphin or one of those other big like schools in Central Pennsylvania yeah. that produces for 
recruits every year somehow. And he's like, Oh my God, these guys are fucking awesome. I got to read about the next recruitment. Um, we need that guy. Oh, we need that guy. We need that guy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, go to midfield.com, go to homefieldapparel.com. Those are the two websites that you have access to currently on the internet. Those are the only two. So, uh, Mm -hmm. let's talk about these games. Let's start weeknight. Um, we talked on the preview a little bit about the early week games. Uh, we only have really one more late week game to add on to that. Um, and I don't think we need to linger too much on this. James Madison, 20, Marshall, 9. Uh, was It was a rock fight, and James Madison is is comfortable doing that. Not a problem for James Madison. They, they are fine with... They're fine with a high-scoring game. They're fine with a rock fight. They're fine with whatever game you want to play. They will they will just go and beat you at it. And that was what they did. They went they went to Marshall. Marshall slowed the game way the hell down. Still couldn't really get much of anything going. James Madison is just a better football team. Just a better football team in all in all regards. Yeah, yeah I mean, they held Marshall to 22% of available yards while averaging 2.7 yards per play. Yeah. Um, just completely whipped their ass from, from whistle to whistle. Um dominant performance james madison the scoreboard doesn't look that good i realize but um man they they kicked marshall's ass the entire time it was a uh it was just a it was an asshole thing there's no other way to say it they they like marshall could not move the football they could not score yeah um it was an incredible performance from james madison they are the best g5 team in the country yeah um for my money yeah um and it really so they are also just one of the best teams in the country outright um it really sucks that they cannot play for anything in the postseason uh, their their waiver was denied this past week for a bowl game, um, which is a real bummer. It's, but um, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Listen, if you're like, <clears throat> if you're Barstool Sports or Jimmy Kimmel or something, yeah, just have the bowl game anyway. Dare them to do something about it. Dare them to stop you. Yeah. What are they going to do? What What is the NCAA going to do? They have no power. They can't do anything. You well, they're going to just... arrest Jim Harbaugh. But, but yeah, they're well, too busy with that. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, once they're done arresting Jim Harbaugh, and they're they're going to you know, crack the whip there. They're that's the last thing that they're ever going to do. Um, and the first thing that they've done in several years, even, which is going to be, I think, really, really impressive that they manage that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, to really demoralizing for a team like Marshall here, and just in general, to play the game the way you want and to still get your ass kicked. You played your game, and they were better at it than you are. Um, that's not good. That's not. That's not the way. That's not the way you want it to go at home for for Marshall or for anybody. Uh, that, that's, I think, one of the most demoralizing ways to lose a football game is to set set the pace at, at your standard, and then you're just worse at it than whoever you're playing against. Not good. Um, Saturday noon, the big one here, of course, Ohio State 20, Penn State 12. Um, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, and I'm sure that there is there, like, there is still plenty to talk about in this game, but... Just general uh, overarching opinion here. I watched every minute of this game. Boring football game. Not an exciting uh-huh. football game. Not an entertaining watch. Um, just boring. Just not a lot going on here. Not, not not very much happening. No, no. I mean, a lot of good defense, I thought, from Ohio State particularly. Yeah. Um, I thought their defense was very good, but also they were helped by the fact that uh, James Franklin kept having his terrified quarterback drop back 42 times. <laughs> Uh, more than that, even because he was sacked four times and scrambled a couple, so like forty-eight dropbacks. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. I do appreciate that from him. Um, always nice of him to do that stuff. One of the biggest idiots in football. Um, <laughs> uh, Ohio State's defense was dominant in this one. Uh, do you know how many yards uh, Penn State uh, was averaging this game? No, I would guess probably not very many. 
yards per play. Mm. Uh, It was, it was tough, man. They were, both teams had negative EPA per play, which is kind of funny. Um, I will say the final score here does not quite reflect the game. Penn State scored a touchdown with like less than 30 seconds left. Ohio State also had a touchdown on the, or would be touchdown on the one inch line where they kind of freaked it uh, and then didn't get it on a fourth down. Um, They, and there was also, I also think my Williams was in for that touchdown to clarify in second down, but nonetheless, um, the Ohio State also missed a field goal. This very easily could have been like 30 to six. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a boring game to watch. Not very fascinating for anyone who is not an Ohio State fan, but Ohio State took care of business. I thought outplayed Penn State pretty significantly um, throughout the course of the game. Um, maybe the biggest matchup to watch that was actually fun is just JT Tumalowal versus Olu Fashanu. Uh-huh. Um, obviously two first round picks and JT was just flat out better. Yeah. Um, he loves playing Penn State. Um, he loved he he just also he loves to just start playing in the fourth quarter. He had a couple plays earlier on in the game, but it was really the fourth quarter when he took over, which is it's exciting to see him do it, right? He's he's an excellent player when he does do it, but I would imagine it is kind of like it's frustrating for me. I would imagine it is frustrating for you guys of like, "Hey, why don't you try until the fourth quarter? <laughs> why can't you why why are you just like coasting until the last why don't you just do this earlier and then it wouldn't have you wouldn't even have to do it in the fourth quarter because the game would be over yeah i mean jim Knowles is kind of just slowly putting you into a device one drive at a time he does love um, to just do getting you yeah just getting you more and more pissed off as the game goes on um yeah i mean penn state was averaging or no sorry not averaging penn state had prior to their final drive of the game they had six total yards in the second half um just got their ass kicked in the second half. Couldn't do anything. Um, they had one play per day along with 20 yards. Um, it's just what we talked about in the pregame, right? In the preview, there was they can't hit explosives. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State secondary is very, very, very good. Even without their best player, Denzel Burke. Uh, I mean, they just shut down everything Penn State was doing. The passing attack. There was no open space for receivers. Um, they, Penn State could not move the football. And... I think Ohio State made a couple mistakes. Their special teams were bad, as also we predicted, as is predictable for Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I think Penn State was averaging like 30 yards per kickoff return um, and and also had a nice little punt return there. Uh, Ohio State also uh, fumbled on a punt return and gave Penn State the ball at midfield, which they did nothing <clears> with. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think Ohio State kicked Penn State's ass pretty thoroughly. And like, if you change three or four plays here, it looks like a blowout. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, it, it felt like a blowout. I mean, it didn't feel especially, you know, especially close. I, there, there was in the in the first half the I, I, the the correct you know penalty call on the the defensive holding on on what would have been a scoop and score um, that I you know could have changed maybe could have changed the game a little bit. Like I think Ohio State still wins because Penn State's offense was dreadful and would have needed presumably to score at least a little bit more than it did to win that game. Ohio State's offense is also not not moving me, I don't think. I, I can't imagine that anybody is especially moved by this offense, given what they've seen from them this season. They're just not very good. They have good players. They're just not very good. Um, you know, Kyle McCord is... is limited as a guy as you know, yeah he, he, yeah he has his moments but he's limited um and he's pretty clearly the worst quarterback of the ryan day era yeah, yeah and that's a high bar i mean it's you know it, it's uh like it's it's hard to not be the worst quarter because he's had some really really damn good quarterbacks but also yeah. like he would be a, i think a pretty 
solidly average, yeah. if not below he also average, has like, like Urban Meyer quarterback. He was he's not very for, good. He's just yeah. He's just he, but he has also been like on fire in the second half. I think he was like twelve of fourteen for like one hundred and seventy yards and a touchdown in the second half of this game. Yeah. Um, he is the one of the worst first half quarterbacks I've ever seen in my entire life, mm-hmm. and is just uh, just keeps like showing up major in the second halves. Um, which is kind of funny, I guess. Like it wasn't like he was. I don't know. The, the guy, the guy plays well in second halves of games. It'd be cool if he played well for all four quarters and was better. Um, like you said, he's a relatively limited quarterback, which would not be as big of a deal if they didn't keep playing bad running backs with bad run calls. Yeah. Um, but they'd love to do that. So we'll see. I mean, I think Ohio State's offense is a, is a real anchor to its team this season, which is funny to say, and also raise the question of, you know, why is Ryan day in charge? <laughs> yeah. What do you um, do here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole offense was Marvin Harrison Jr., right? The whole thing was him. Yeah. He had, I think, 163 yards in the day. Like, that was just the whole – that's it. If you don't have if you don't have Marvin Harrison Jr., like, it's – Ohio State probably loses. Yeah, and that is – I mean, the good news is for Ohio State, they do have Marvin Harrison Jr., and so he can he can continue to rescue them enough that they can put points on the board, you know, to, to win this kind of game. I wonder if maybe some of the second half stuff is that the defense is so fucking good. And so opposing teams are just on the field constantly having to deal with guys like Marvin Harrison jr. For, you know, a, a large portion of the second half, a large portion of the of the first half. And it just wears you down. Uh, I, I think that there is, there's probably something to that, but there is also like McCord just doesn't seem to know how to play quarterback in the first half. And then in he the double clutches way too. Yeah, yeah. He just hesitates. And yeah. then it, it, there's, I mean, they could also just be calling better plays in the second half, which is funny because just call them in the first half. You don't need to, yeah. you can, you can learn things. You don't have to make the adjustment every single week. It's always just call your good plays instead of the bad ones, right? Like just call mesh. Mm-hmm. It works. <laughs> you yeah. don't need to. Yeah. They got a touchdown to, off mesh. Yeah. They got yeah. The, the, basically the game ending touchdown off of mesh. Just call that. It's not pretty funny. Yeah. Just, just do that. You don't need it to be a halftime adjustment. You can just call <laughs> it. It's fine. You don't, what are you yeah. adjusting to? This is the play that works. That's it. <laughs> it's yeah. Whole, it's pretty bizarre. I will say also, I mean like, as obviously I'm a very critical, you know, I'm very critical of Ryan day. I will say in his defense here, they were without Trey Henderson and Emeka Ikuka. Uh, and that does matter. Um, right. Th- those are guys who are responsible for a lot of the highest explosives, like missing those two guys does make the offense look clunkier and it even ratchets up. They're already, they're already like extreme reliance on Marv on Marv. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I'll say the offensive line performed better than anyone expected. Um, oh boy, McCord was only sacked twice. I'm going to say yeah. that's a little bit rough given that Penn State had, I think, 11 tackles for a loss. That's better than anybody expected. Yeah, in the running game, right? Well, that's the problem, right? Is they, yeah. they're, they're only, they, they ran Mayan Williams, who basically not played much of the season. They ran him 23 times. Uh, and he is a guy who, uh, I was just with this Kevin on our podcast, like it, in like 15 years from now, whenever you find out that he owns like a commercial real estate brokerage or something, um, it's you know, you're going to look back and like on his like career highlights on Colton Denning's YouTube and be like, Oh man, he was a fun player. Whatever happened to him. Yeah. And then like you watch him like during a game. And the problem is he's like captain America on every snap. Like he will like, just try to fight through someone's chest every time he gets contacted. And that's okay. But so, I mean, like, cause it will lead to some great five and six yard chunk gains for a first down you otherwise wouldn't have gotten, but it also leads to way too many negative plays where he's just like bouncing off of somebody to go backwards two yards and then can't fight through like the third tackle and gets, you know, gets tackled for a loss. Yeah. I would say a fair amount of those are just on him personally yeah. and the way he runs. Yeah. Um, which is annoying, but what it is what it is. Yeah. Um, 
the reason the fact they keep using I know Trey was out this game, but the fact they keep using uh Mayan Williams and, and Chip Trianum um both have more carries than Trey Henderson uh and don't use Dallin Hayden at all unless everyone else is hurt or don't use chip much it's very very annoying um or not chip sorry uh Trey uh it it should be a two-man rotation with Trey and Dallin Hayden and chip should come in for two back back looks which they kind of got away from later in the season um that should be it that's that's all you need like Maya Williams can't play at this level to be frank yeah um Evan Pryor is on a milk carton like you have five running backs you should use two of them 90% 90% of the time with the third guy coming in as a virtual fullback. Yeah. Um, that should be it. That's it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that. I think that basically the last, you know, the, the overarching thoughts I have here, Ohio state's defense is, is absolutely championship caliber and its offense is absolutely not championship caliber. And I think that that's probably going to be the thing for this team. The rest of the season, Penn state, I'm not taking seriously anymore. This is not, they're not any good. They're just, they're just not any good. Drew Aller is not, He's not there. This uh, Mike Yersich. Why did they is, have him throw so much, dude? I, Mike Yersich is a bad coach. He's a bad offensive yeah. coordinator. He does not. He doesn't do anything well. There's nothing that he has that's good. Um, it's funny to have like the Phil Longo desire to pass the football so much, like when you have great running backs, but also not have any cool like passing game designs or good receivers. Yeah, um, it is. That is sort of a fun uh, approach that he has taken. Yeah, they they basically just didn't run the ball here. They they ran it, you know, a little bit and had more success with it than they did passing the ball and then just went away from it, even though it's like a one-score game for most of the game. Don't really know why they did that. Um, this just They're just not. They're not serious. The defense, I thought, for Penn State was pretty good. I don't know that it was all, like, it didn't look like the best defense in America to me. They made, right. like, a lot of mistakes, like more mistakes I mean, than you would really expect yeah. them to make, just leaving guys wide open, not making plays when they needed to well, make plays. Let's also be fair here, like, We've seen Kalen King play in big games for two years now. Like, he is a very good corner. Yeah. I don't know if they were leaving guys open as much as, like, it's very hard to cover Marv, and Ohio State does have good route trees, if nothing else. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's hard to cover Marvin Harris Jr. Like, I, I think they do deserve some credit for getting him, for him getting open and getting him open as often as they did. Yeah. I Kalen King looked pretty badly overmatched. I don't know that it was just that he was not he was struggling to cover Marvin. Like he didn't look like he deserved to be covering him at all. He didn't. Yeah, but, but they have Johnny Dixon too. Like that's what, I agree. I agree. But they have like three corners who played well this year with uh, Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, and, and Daquan Hardy. Yeah, and, it's 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 the kind of game that makes me look back at some of those other performances and wonder if the receivers that they were playing against just weren't very good because they were those corners were not impressive here. I understand what you're saying, but I think I've also just seen enough evidence of them like being pretty good. That, like I think there's not there's not ten corners in college football better than Caitlin King. Yeah, right. Like he is, and if he struggled that badly, and he did struggle very badly. Like who can actually match up with Mar? And I think the answer is nobody. Obviously, right? There's just not a college corner who can do that. Yeah. But except for whoever Indiana has for some reason, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. doesn't yeah, really yeah. doesn't really make any sense how they managed to do that. Um. <laughs> weird game weird game to look back on yeah and youngstown state too yeah yeah um powerhouse cornerbacks that they've got there at youngstown state Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I mean i don't know i hear what you're saying i I think penn state's defense is still very good and they did they they were the defensive front for them like although they did not get after the pat the quarterback very well i mean they had two sacks in the day there was also a hold from uh josh simmons who does suck that is 
I think I think we'll say it's four of Ohio State's five linemen are improving and getting pretty I'm pretty comfortable with them. Um the one of them is terrible, it's Josh Simmons. Yeah. Um and that's gonna be a real problem. But also like when you're plays when you're playing one of the best pass rushing teams in the country and you even with like one terrible tackle, you still only get sacked twice. One of those being a well designed corner blitz where the running back just misses his assignment. Yeah. Um you feel pretty good. Penn, about, and Penn State, I, I, I will say for Penn State's sake, they were down Chop Robinson for most of this game, right? He went, he left yeah. with an injury. They had a couple yeah. injuries defensively. I don't remember who the other guy was who left the game. Um, it was a backup, I believe. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they had a couple. Um, does it's not the you know it it's not that's not the game deciding thing, but it is worth noting that they were down you know one of their best one of their best pass rushers yeah. for most of the game. Yeah, I would say if you're not physical enough to not get hurt by Ohio State, maybe a skill issue. <laughs> uh, get back in the weight room. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, the other game is the noon slate. Uh, we had three others we're going to go over here. Um, not a great noon slate, but we'll get into them. Uh, Oklahoma had to come back in the fourth quarter to win against UCF at home. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma kind of sucks. Uh-huh. I've been telling you, Oklahoma kind of sucks. <laughs> Oklahoma. I mean, I I agreed like, with you. I wasn't like saying Oklahoma was awesome, but like they are a relatively balanced team. Yeah. They just uh, I think if they rematch against Texas, they will get their ass kicked. Yeah, I I I think they might even you know it's not impossible to imagine them dropping a game at some point in the rest of the regular yeah, season because like the schedule isn't hard, but UCF isn't good, and you almost lost to them at home. They have three road games in the next five games. Uh, at teams that are five and two yeah and, and we don't need to mention who two of those three teams are that's not you know no concern <laughs> about the kind of five and two that they are kansas is on there we like kansas and then there are other two other five and two teams and they're five <laughs> and two and you can't say anything else that's they are five and two they just is factually it's just correct. a statement of fact yeah <laughs> um yeah so this just just an ugly game ugly game from oklahoma has to uh it gets a stop on a two-point conversion try a really shitty looking two-point conversion try there were some really bad two-point conversions in college football this this weekend a lot of double passes a lot of people trying to do a little bit too much on two-point conversion tries uh but oklahoma gets the stop after a really impressive uh javon baker touchdown reception he was awesome in this game did you um, see him blowing the kiss to their sideline? I did. Yeah, on the uh, he had like a like a ninety yard touchdown catch and run, and <laughs> blowing the kiss to the sideline somehow does not get called for a a penalty. Good for him. Um, if it's cool enough, you shouldn't get called for a penalty. Just shaky from Oklahoma. It was not like I I think the offense was generally okay. It wasn't good. It was not like a good offensive performance. It was not really a good performance at all from from Oklahoma, but they do enough to pull off the comeback, enough to survive. Um, just shaky. They they look they look shaky. I don't I don't really fully trust this team. Yeah, yeah. Um, neither do I. I have them on fraud watch. They do kind of unfortunately have to be like just they they got to be top six or seven in everyone's rankings just based on the Texas win and being undefeated. But yeah. Kind of stinky. Yeah. Texas win also might get some heat taken off of it here within the next couple weeks. We can talk about that game in a minute. Um, hmm. <laughs> Top of the Big 12 was not a great week. Uh, no, or just, n- neither is the middle or the bottom. No, um, no. The Big 12 just in general, <laughs> kind of uh, kind of in a bad place. Rutgers 31, Indiana 14. 
Indiana, man, it's time. You got you. I know that the money is tight. I know that it's a big buyout. It's time you've got to fire this guy. You have to fire Tom Allen. You just got and the money's not even tight. They're they, <sighs> they're getting an extra forty million dollars a year starting next year. Yeah, I don't know that it's all. I don't know if it's like a lump sum sort of deal. Um, well, but you still the good thing about living in America. One of the only good things about living in America is we have a tremendous system of credit and debt, uh, where you are in fact allowed to borrow against future earnings. Yeah, um, they could do that. They could do that. Would be something to consider. You also um, have like seven billionaires who are big football fans of your team or big fans of your athletic department, I should say. Yeah. Uh, well, borrow some money, dude. Well, the, the, if if ever there was a time to do it, uh, taking a seventeen point loss to Rutgers at home would probably be a good time. Um, mm-hmm. Rutgers is now bowl eligible, and Indiana is now two and five. Six and two. Six and two. Yeah. And. You might ask yourself, will they win another game? And that's not important right now. We're no, not worried about that. Not my concern. Also, I think really troubling in this game is that Indiana lost to a an offense that, in theory, would have a lot of the same problems that Indiana is having, which is that their quarterback can't complete passes and they don't have any receivers. Um, Rutgers has answered that problem by running the shit out of the football. Gavin Wimson, <laughs> the starting quarterback, ran 16 times for 143 yards and three touchdowns. Indiana can't do anything because Brendan Sorsby is not a good player. He's not athletic. He can't throw. He doesn't give you anything. He doesn't do anything. And so the offense just sucks. They have nothing that they can do instead of, you know, what they're they're seeing on the other sideline, which is an offense that sucks and has found something that it can do to overcome being not very good. Um, That's, it's, it's a really bad loss. It's a really bad loss in a way that you would think kind of holds up a mirror to the program of like, hey, you guys aren't even, <laughs> you guys aren't even Rutgers. You're not even Rutgers yeah. level, level of like being able to overcome your own weaknesses. It's just dog shit. It's dog shit all the way down. Did you see Rutgers run past split in this game? Um, it was significant. I don't have the exact number. It was. <laughs> they they ran the ball 53 times and passed it 13. <laughs> That's well, a triple option team. Good for them. Good for them. That's an adjustment. That's a, that's a that's a suitable adjustment. I have no complaints about that. Um, any any thoughts on this before we talk about the last uh, noon game? Uh, no, and this last noon game also relatively boring. Yeah. But uh, Air Force <laughs> won the first leg of the Commander in Chief Trophy by beating Navy seventeen to sixteen. Seventeen to um, six, not sixteen. Seventeen six. to six. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Seventeen to six. Without their starting quarterback. No, they did have um, him. They had their starting quarterback. He played. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I watched like two minutes of this game, to be yeah. fair. Um, uh, I, I can give you a little bit. Yeah, Zach Larrier played in the game. I, I don't... I, I, he was supposed to be out. He was announced he was out all week. Yes, it was. Yeah. He was going to be out for like several weeks, <laughs> yeah, I thought. Yeah, Troy Calhoun early in the week said that he was going to be out for a while. That was his exact quote, was that he would be out for a while. Dude, and then... Every I, other... They, they must hate this motherfucker. Yeah. Like... <laughs> He's a, he's a really nasty individual. He's he's just uh, it, it's one of the most perfectly executed coach lies I've ever seen because everybody thought that this kid was out. Everybody was just like, oh yeah, he's out. He's not playing. Um, this is so much better than just playing coy, right? Of just like, oh well, yeah, we don't know because then they're still gonna they're still gonna prepare for him. Just come out and lie. No, he's not gonna play. He's out. He's dead. He actually died <laughs> on the field. We don't have him anymore. He's gone. He's not with us. Um, and then he played. I turned on this game on the first drive. I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> that looks a lot like Zach Larrier. And yeah, sure enough, it was it was Zach Larrier. Um, he's fine. I guess he's just fine. He played well. I think he had a brace on his knee. 
Um, the the only real thing in this game that, that stood out to me, Air Force played well, Air Force moved the ball enough and, and won the game. Uh, Navy did not. Navy barely moved the ball at all. 22 rushing yards for Navy. 22. That's not very they many. average 1.9 yards per play. Yeah. Jesus, man. And then they basically, <laughs> I mean, they had, I think they had like one first down and 12 total yards until the last drive of the game when the game was already over. Um, they were They were completely... They were held underwater. They had no, they had nothing. There was nothing going on at all for Navy. Just a dominant win for Air Force, which is good. Air Force is is a really, really good football team. Uh, I think they're just going to keep on doing this. And apparently, they have yeah. Zach Larrier. The, the the jig is up. He is healthy. He is playing. But for one for one glorious That's week, so Troy funny. Calhoun pulled the wool over everybody's fucking heads. Troy Calhoun's going to be the reason why they institute like mandated college football injury reports. Uh, <laughs> Because the troops uh, were embarrassed by the troops. He's uh, so wily. He's so wily. Yeah. You gotta love it. <laughs> these uh these teams combined to go eight for thirty-four on third and fourth downs. Yeah. Um, and it was it was four of thirty on third down. Um, no one got a single no, that's not true. I'm lying. Uh never mind. But there were 18 total first downs in the game overall. Jesus. Um Pretty pretty bad day for everyone. Yeah, uh, it's such as life when you're playing one. when you're playing this kind of game with the with the systems being what they are. There's not you're not exactly catching anybody off guard as a triple option team in this game. They kind of they kind of know what to do with it. Um, anyway, Saturday afternoon, we're gonna start here with three games that are connected for their controversial refereeing. Uh, first up, Texas 31, Houston 24. Um, the, the, the questionable thing here was a spot in the, in the, the final minutes of the game. It certainly looked like a Houston first down and it was, it was third and third and short. And it, it certainly looked like they got the first down. It was ruled short. And then on fourth down, uh, Dana dials up a real stinker and Texas gets off the field and survives. Um, I don't know that Houston would have won the game even if it had gotten the first down there because I well, don't... You know his ass was not going for two. No, yeah, I don't trust Dana at all to go for two. He would have taken it to overtime, and they probably would have lost in overtime. But it was still... I mean, it, it's, it was bad enough to note that probably should have gotten a first down there, probably should have had a chance to, to go and tie the game. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good performance here from Texas. Not Not really good at all. I thought Quinn was pretty good. He was... What's the what's the opposite of good again? Uh, bad. Bad. Was, I would call it a bad performance. Yeah, yeah, I would I would call it a bad performance. Donovan Smith, I I think was was you know at his best here. This is about the best that you're going to get from Donovan Smith just in general. Texas just out of sorts. Um, offense was okay on the net. Situationally not very good. Three of twelve on third downs. Um, didn't really you know they, they ran the ball okay. It wasn't super efficient but it was it was fine took some penalties just made some made some weird mistakes made some some not very well coached mistakes and very nearly very nearly lost to a very bad team they were leading at one point twenty one zero, and then just kind of fell asleep and they they do enough to figure it out late but not a not a super encouraging performance from texas no no not at all um they, if they were playing a serious team, would have lost this game. Yeah. They, um, man, I, I just can't get over how bad the Big 12 is. Uh, the Big 12 sucks. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. It's really it's bad. Really it's really bad. It is. I, I don't know if you ever have this, this thought occur to you. 
it is very sad to think about like this time last year when we were really excited about the new Big 12 and how quickly it has all just completely fallen apart. All of those fun teams, you know, it's like, oh, wow, Cincinnati is going to be is going to be awesome in the Big 12. And, and you know, Houston's been been winning nine games and UCF's winning nine games and BYU was good in 2021. <laughs> and they all get there and they're all just dog shit. They're all just bad. They're they're not. They're not bad in a fun way. Nobody in the conference really is bad in a fun way. There are a couple teams that are maybe decent. Arizona kind of will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah down down the road. Uh, but right now, like I don't, I like the Kansas teams, and that's about it. And even the Kansas teams are limited, and both have two losses. Like I, it's just yeah. this league is is shitty. It's really sh- shitty. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have. Uh... I mean, Utah will be joining the league. They're probably just going to win it every year, it feels yeah. like. Well, well um, when just... we were excited about the new Big 12, it was before we knew that it would have the Pac-12 teams in it. I, right. Adding the Pac-12 teams, I just don't care. That's too many teams. You have too many teams in the conference. 16 is too much. I just, it's, yeah. I, it, I, but I guess I'm looking forward to the Kyle Whittingham versus Lance Leipold uh, battle for supremacy. Yeah. Um, it's really it, it is unfortunate that we're not going to see Kyle Whittingham get to just unleash his his dogs on on a like a true power program once a year because there's no power programs left. It's just going to be a bunch of Utah. It's going to be a bunch of different. It's time to become the power program you want to see in the world, Patrick. <laughs> um, Probably. But uh, yeah. All right. Besides that, we also had Minnesota winning 12 to 10 on the road. Uh, well, Iowa get, uh, gets a special team touchdown a little bit the game winner from Cooper DeGene yeah. wiped off the board. Um, the way I wrote this last night, I will slightly refrain on. I wrote it as they got hosed on a phantom fair catch penalty. My understanding is with the letter of the law, the referees made the correct call. Yeah. However, that sucks. <clears throat> um, it was shitty. Like, yeah. you know, if people didn't, I'm sure everyone saw it at this point, but basically – Iowa punted with two minutes left, forced a three and out, got the ball back on the, on and, and Cooper DeGene fields it around midfield after the punt hits the ground. He had been waving off his own players, waving his arms below his waist for the most part. Yeah. Um, some at waist level, telling them to get the fuck out of there, calling Peter basically. Uh Peter's the call on that, I think, for most teams. Yeah. Um, and he uh they called it a fair catch after the fact on review and took it off the board. Uh, after he scored the touchdown, it is the it's correct that the letter of the rules say any waving of the arms constitutes a fair catch and dead ball. Uh, however, fuck that, man. I don't know. That sucks. Yeah, it, it, like it it sucks in its in in the moment, uh, uh, you know. And it was a great it was a great punt return, and it sucks to see it taken off the board. However. I can feel bad for Cooper DeGene while also I'm glad that Iowa lost this game because Iowa played like fucking shit against a terrible team and deserved to lose. Iowa is not good. They deserve to lose this game. I don't yeah, like but that's I, not, that's not I don't the way really should, that's not the way we should view football games. I know, but like I don't really care that they didn't win because it's they they ran for 11 yards against Minnesota. You don't. They didn't deserve to win the game. They played like shit. Yeah, I believe not... they, they had fewer total yards than than Navy did. Uh... <sighs> like this is a terrible Minnesota team. They're not good. And Iowa, you know, we were just talking about last week that they control their destiny in the West, and now they don't because they lost to a bad Minnesota team at home. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I, I just I, I feel for Cooper DeGene. It was a great play and it, it stinks to see a great play wiped off the board. I don't feel for Iowa. They deserve what they get. This is they're not 
they're not trying to win games. They're just it's a, it's an ego trip. It's an ego trip for yeah. Ferentz at this point. They're not trying to win. It's true. It's true. You're not wrong about any of that. I guess I just I don't know. Rule of cool. People just forget about rule of cool. All of a sudden, it's a team they don't like. Yeah. I think the rule of cool states that I mean that should have been allowed. <laughs> um, and also, like I don't know, I was watching the Duke Florida State game like right after this one ended, and uh, Florida State had a had a part return where the exact same thing happened. They waved, they kind of waved below his waist, and he still picked it up, and the return was allowed. Yeah. And it's just like a rule that is technically correct, but is almost never applied. I think it was, um, if I remember right, I believe that it was also called in the Tennessee game. I think it was called on a kick return in the Tennessee game, and it, it stuck Tennessee at like its own five yard line. Um, that sounds not right. I yeah, had not, I, was... I had not seen it ever called before, as far as I can remember. Um, Someone pointed out that it was recalled in a Wisconsin-Iowa game previously against Wisconsin. Okay. Um, but that was like seven years ago. And also, who gives a fuck? I mean... <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a... I, um, I, don't, I don't really know why that needs to be... I, I mean, I think the answer should just be that, that if I'm you know editing the rules here, I would say that that should only count on a ball fielded like before it bounces. Like if the ball bounces before you feel that that should not apply. Yeah. Is that reasonable? I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I, like the Minnesota players were all defending it like it was a live return. Yeah, no one thought it was a fair because catch. Because nobody fair catches with their arms below their waist. There's like a pretty standard way to fair catch. You you don't do that. You <laughs> raise one yeah. of your arms up. It's the way that you do it. I, it should be unless your unless your hand is above helmet level, it should not be a fair catch. Yeah, it seems like pretty easy to enforce that, and then the defense. Or again, to... just the, just the drop ball thing. If the ball hits the turf, fair catch is invalid unless it's above your head. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. Very strange that that is a rule. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it stinks that the game ended that way. But also, you punted with two minutes left, down by two points. Yeah, and you ran did for you, eleven yards against Minnesota. You you could have put a, I, you uh, could have put yourself in a better situation here than you did. It's true. It's true. Apologies to this again for anyone who also listened to High Street Freaks before this. But I am going to read the uh, the field the, the the possession chart here. Yeah. Um, it goes. Iowa field goal, Minnesota three and out, Iowa three and out, Minnesota three and out, Iowa three and out, Minnesota field goal, Iowa three and out, Minnesota three and out, Iowa fumble, Minnesota miss field goal, Iowa punt, Minnesota three and out, Iowa touchdown, Minnesota three and out, Minnesota field goal, Iowa three and out, Minnesota punt, Iowa fumble, Minnesota field goal, Iowa three and out, Minnesota punt, Iowa three and out, Minnesota field goal, Iowa three and out, Minnesota three and out, Iowa punt, Minnesota three and out. Iowa interception, uh, ball game. Jesus. The, yeah. Good God. Good God. Yeah, and also, and also too, I'll say for uh, I'll say for Iowa, if you don't want to lose, um, don't give your feckless opponent two field goals off of fumbles. Yeah, shouldn't be that. Don't hard. fumble the ball. Shouldn't be that yeah. hard. I thought you were the discipline team. What happened to you? you just hold on to the ball. Um. Yeah, that sucks. Everybody involved in this game should be killed. Uh, Pitt twenty or <laughs> Pitt loses at Wake Forest twenty-one to seventeen. This is the last of the three controversial refereeing things. Um, there was Pitt had this game basically won, right? Yeah, Wake had thrown an interception in Pitt territory that MJ Devonshire. He loves to get game ending interceptions. By the way, yeah. Um, it's the only kind of interception that he gets. <laughs> Just game. Yeah, I mean, he, he has like four or five in the last couple of years. This one should have been another one. Um, gets interception. Pitt, uh, to me, clearly got the first down. Christian Bayou, their quarterback. Um, there was a disagreement. There were like some still shots over when, when he started his slide. Um, he kind of started to go towards the ground, but kept running in a weird 
he was doing like the ministry of silly walks basically yeah um and the way he was sliding uh they said he started to slide before the first down marker pin out the punt wake forest touchdown game over uh i think he was past that first down marker i think it was a terrible call um and pick got jobbed it sucks i feel bad for pit fans i guess is my takeaway yeah yeah, I, I don't have a ton to. I don't have a ton. And also, Christian Bayou was good. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been he's been pretty solid for them. Um, yeah. Wake Forest goes down and and wins it on basically the last play with a, a completion uh, in, into the end zone. Uh, yeah, it, it was it, an ugly football game. I'm not going to tell you I watched a whole lot of this other than the ending. The ending was strange because. It was one of those where like this was ending at the same time as some of these other games, and so you'd be you'd be looking at another game where there's something happening, and then you look back, and a different team has the ball than had it five seconds ago. And you're like, wait a second, I thought, <laughs> wait, yeah. how, did, how did Wake Forest get the ball? I thought the game was over. Um, yeah, thirty-eight it, total points in this game, twenty-four of them in the fourth quarter. Boy, that's always a reflection of quality, right there. That's that's mm-hmm. just, if that doesn't say quality to you, I don't know what would. Um, yeah, <laughs> d- tough tough loss for Pitt um uh also they they do kind of deserve it on a certain level like the the argument you're making to iowa like pat narduzzi yeah i mean obviously (laughs) yeah it it goes without saying that Pitt deserves to lose every football game that it plays (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um boy some really rough games in this in this stretch let's talk about some more fun ones uh let's get really quick before we do that sorry 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 to cut off your head of steam uh i just as i clicked on Pitt's schedule I have an, an article here from ESPN. This is a really cool headline that I think is everyone's going to learn a lot from. It says, week eight showed us that winning is always so much sweeter than a near miss. Wow, that's crazy. I, Damn. <laughs> you're, t- you're telling me for the first time <laughs> winning's better than losing. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Boy, that's really good stuff. That is... <laughs> That's really good. Oh man, breaking new ground. Wow, it's nice to. It feels good to win. Um. Anyway, speaking of teams that managed to win instead of suffering the the heartbreak of a close loss, and it's just so much worse than winning. Uh, Wisconsin twenty five, Illinois twenty one. Wisconsin with an eighteen point comeback in the fourth quarter to win this game on the road. Um, the crazy ass game. Wisconsin played like shit for the first three quarters, and then. Uh, started giving the ball to Braylon Allen, and then they came back, which is, you know, how that goes usually. When you start giving the ball to Braylon Allen, good things happen, and that's what they did. They, he had uh, he had 113 yards after contact. Yeah, he's good. I'll say it. I'm not like afraid to admit it. Total yards. Braylon yeah. Allen is a pretty good football player. I don't know why they don't just give him the football more. Um, and once they did, they started to come back. Uh, collapse here from Illinois, really. I, I think that Illinois should have should have won the game. They had a pretty big lead in the fourth quarter and just could not could not find a way to put it away. Impressive that Wisconsin did manage to, you know, to to claw all the way back and go and and win it in the last couple, you know, really the last couple seconds of the game. Um the I the first time I will I will give Phil Longo credit for exactly one play. The touchdown that they that they scored to win it was cool. I liked that. Um that's it though. Everything else here he's just he's stupid. He's not he's not a smart man. Um, he, he has to be forced into doing the things that are good for the offense. He just doesn't want to do it. Um, Wisconsin manages to win, (laughs) finds a way, and that's better than, than losing, but boy, they don't make it, they don't make it easy on themselves. No, no. I mean, they were down what? It was 21, 10 in this game or 21, seven. Yeah. 21, seven. Yeah. 21, seven. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. They don't make it easy themselves. They kind of love to play like shit all the time. Um, 
I, I will say that I think Illinois is like people were like, I know they lost this game, right? And there's no moral victories in football. I get that. Yeah. But I do think people who are shitting on Illinois, like Illinois fans basically, are just a little off base on this one. Yeah. Like it's clearly a rebuilding year. And to be three and five with all but I guess they lost two bad games to the Big Ten West, Purdue and Nebraska. But like to get the Maryland win to nearly beat Wisconsin. Um, you know, they lost they lost competitively to Kansas and also lost to Penn State. Like they've lost some good football teams. They're being competitive in a lot of big games. They beat Toledo, who's one of the best G five teams in the country. Like they're doing pretty well for a rebuilding year where they lost everything from last year's team, yeah. including their superstar DC. Yeah. Like it's fine. Like <laughs> I'm not trying to be condescending to fans of a program, but you're also you're fucking Illinois. Like yeah. just take it easy. I think they're gonna be. Uh, I think they're gonna be fine. I think it's pretty clear that they're gonna be fine. They have some young guys who are starting to step up. The, the, this is what you're doing in your rebuilding year. Yeah, like you're saying, it it could be, it could be so much worse. It could be so 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 much worse. This team is competitive. This team is is playing, playing pretty well against you know quality opponents and just came up short. But like. I, I it is it is crazy to like to think about where that program has been and that this is now a down year. This would have been a great fucking season for Lovey Smith. They would have been going nuts if Lovey was able to do that. He, oh my god, he only lost by four to Wisconsin. Like this was the best that Lovey could do. This is Brett's yeah. worst season. It's just he's fine. Yeah. They're fine. And look, each of the next four, I'm not saying they're gonna win out or anything like that. I certainly don't believe that. But like each of the next four are winnable. If you upset one of Minnesota or Iowa, you're making a bowl game because you're going to beat Indiana Northwestern. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't be that hard to upset to, Minnesota. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if look, if you go to a bowl game in this season, that's fucking, you should be popping champagne. Yeah. That would be great. Like that would be, that would be a huge, you know, a huge success to do that in a rebuilding season. That's not something that Illinois does very often. Um, Oregon 38, Washington state 24, um, comfortable win here for Oregon was never really, I mean, Washington state stuck around for a decent chunk of the game, but Oregon puts it away pretty well in the third quarter. Um, workman like not really any issues for Oregon here. Uh, the only real note that I have on the, uh, that, that's a, a pretty big bummer is Bucky Irvin going down with an injury. It sounds like yeah. he might be okay from what I have seen. It seems like he is going to be fine. Dan Lanning said it looks like he'll be okay. I hope that that's the case. It, the injury did not look good. Um, I'm no. hoping he is. I'm hoping he's all right. He played really well here. He was he was really awesome when he was on the field. 15 carries for a buck 29, two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, they got he had another... pretty much the one to end it too. He had that 43 yard touchdown run yeah. towards the end of the third quarter that basically put this one. To yeah, they got another 13 for 103 as well from Jordan James. I really like what they're doing on the ground. I think that they have found a really nice groove there. Um, they're good. Just just really good football team. Impressed with Oregon. Continuously impressed with Oregon. Um, I think it, it's, uh, I think it remains them in Washington at the top of the pack 12. We're going to talk about Washington's kind of yeah. sleepy performance in a little bit, but I think it's, I think it's Oregon and Washington. And I think both of them are pretty clearly top 10, maybe top five teams nationally. Yeah. I will say really quick, just one more thing on the, on the, uh, Irving injury is if he is down for any extended period of time, that kind of gets pretty concerning. Like I like Jordan James, but Noah Whittington's also been out for several weeks Yeah, and it's unclear if he's coming. Like, I don't know if he doesn't come back next week. You know, playing, I think they probably still beat Utah because the passing attack, but like playing against Utah with a one dimensional offense, uh, you know, yeah. at Utah, 
is probably not ideal. No, you can you can ask <laughs> like uh, who was it that, that that suffered that fate? Was it UCLA? Um, I think it was UCLA earlier this season. I mean, a lot of teams have suffered that fate in the past against Utah. Yeah, UCLA. Yeah. You can ask UCLA all about that. Uh, it's not a good idea. You don't you don't want to go into that game no. without without uh, a fully functional offense because they will just they'll just key in on whatever you're doing and pick you apart. Yeah, yeah. I hope Irving's healthy because I like watching him play football, and I don't want to see players get injured. But also for yeah. for Oregon's sake, for what they want to do this season to get back to play Washington again, the Pac-12 title, um, they better hope they get one of those two backs back. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah. I mean, like you said, comfortable win. Uh, didn't really sweat it out too much. Good win. Washington State. Um, Cam Ward threw for a million yards. Didn't really look very good to me. <laughs> I thought he kind of was just a classic Cam Ward performance. Um. He was sacked six times. Like about half of those were on him. Um, you know, it's Cam Ward. He is who he is. Yeah, um, he is who he is. It's but, Cam Ward. Um, yeah. I think Washington State's probably a little bit. I think it's a bowl team and maybe a little more than that, but not much. Not much more. Maybe seven and five. Uh, is what it is. Has not been in the last couple of weeks what we were hoping that they could be this season. And I think I'm just about. Think I'm just about done with Washington State. I have seen. I've seen enough. They're good enough to beat not very good teams. To average teams, they're not good enough to do anything beyond that. Uh, ten- yeah, not good enough to beat Arizona. <laughs> Evidently not. Not even close. <laughs> not even fucking close. 40 points worse than Arizona, apparently. Um, yeah. Alabama, next up, Alabama 34, Tennessee 20. Jesus, this was this was a real pants shitting here from Tennessee. 27 unanswered points for Alabama. Tennessee was in really, really good position going into the half. They score with just a couple seconds left in the first half. And then that's it. The offense was just done. I think there were some really, really bad Josh Heupel game plan decisions, play call decisions, whatever you want to call them. Uh, The refusal to do quarterback sneaks on fourth and one got him several times in this game. Um, It it felt like they had found... And also the one time they did try it, it didn't work. Yeah, it it felt like they had, for, for a lot of the first half, they had found the right way to use Joe Milton in this game, which is, as somebody on the message board said... Just you, he's Terrell Pryor. Just run him, right? Like you, you can just run him and then set up nice, easy throws, and you don't need to make him do more than that. And Tennessee just kind of went away from it. Um, I think Alabama's defense did adjust well, but Tennessee blew this game. Tennessee should have won and, and did not take advantage of the opportunities that it had. Um, defense. You, you can also feel it coming, right? Like, yeah, like even in the first half, even yeah. though they went into halftime up twenty to seven. Uh, they had had two, their two field goals. They had a first and goal, you know, inside the Alabama 10 and didn't convert. Like one of those, they took yeah. over Alabama's 23 hit, hit a 14 yard pass uh, to go to the nine yard line. And they, they don't think they get any yards. They kicked the, uh, kicked the uh, field goal from there. Yeah. Uh, and the one prior to that, they had first and goal at the five yard line and they went Joe Milton, one yard run, two incomplete passes, 24 yard field goal. Um, yeah. If your whole thing is being Josh Heupel, the aggressive coach, and you're going to go for it on your own 35, where they didn't get it, they didn't get burned on that because Jalen Miller bailed him out with the pick. But uh, like, if you're going to be going for it on your own 35, how about you also like one of those tries trying to get a touchdown? Yeah, how about that might be nice. Yeah, could have used those points. Um, it, it did feel like it was coming for for really for the entire game. It just. Tennessee did not take advantage of the opportunities that it had, and you're not going to get that many opportunities in this kind of game. Um, Milrow eventually settled down. He still didn't play well. I don't think I don't think Jalen Milrow is any good, but he he did eventually settle down. Tennessee stopped. 
it wasn't able to create all of the big plays that it had created in the first half. I think that they just got kind of worn down a little bit. Run defense faltered um, uh, when, when they really kind of needed it to be good. And they couldn't get off the field. And, and Alabama manages to uh, come back and win the game. Just disappointing, I think, from from Tennessee. They had a chance here, and they just did not did not take advantage. Alabama gets the job done, but I feel more like this was Tennessee fucking it up than it was Alabama winning. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, Bama's just more talented than you. You let them hang around long enough; they're gonna they're gonna do this. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say it probably took some shine for me off the Bama defense, which have been great this season. Giving yeah. up 400 yards to this Tennessee offense is not very impressive. No, um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Bama is still very much alive. Like they've got you know, they got the bye week and they play LSU. Um, that's pretty much the game for all the marbles. Basically, we've seen Kentucky and Auburn. I don't think they're going to sweat the last two games after that. So yeah. uh, it's pretty much on LSU to put Bama out of its misery, um, or else they're going to be in Atlanta again. God, come on, LSU. We know you can do it. We believe in you. It's time to it's time to do what has to be done. Uh, two games here, real quick: Missouri thirty-four, South Carolina twelve, and Tulane thirty-five, North Texas twenty-eight. I don't have a ton to say about either of these. The first one was pretty dominant for Missouri. Second one, Tulane had I think a twenty-eight nothing lead and just stopped playing and, and let yeah. North Texas all the way back in. But they uh, they needed a, a drive to go and and get back on top. They did it. Michael Pratt with a beautiful touchdown run to ultimately win this game. Thought he played well. Tulane plays with its food too much for my taste. I'm just, I, they, they've done this for a while now, really since breaking through last year, this has been a feature. Um, and it is, it is frustrating, I think would be the best word. It's just like, just do it, just put the game away. You don't need to fuck around. Uh, but they do find a way all the same. Both of these teams still only one loss. Uh, Missouri 7-1, and one, Tulane 6-1. and one. Good years for these guys. Yeah, yeah, very good for them. Uh, Missouri... I'm actually like kind of in on Missouri. I kind of like this team. Um, yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of having fun with them. Um, I, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, I think we'll they're, see. they're fun to watch. They, I, I like a, a lot of what they are. You know, I like a lot of their receivers. I think that Brady Cook is a, a firmly good quarterback. I don't know that he's like a great quarterback, but he's good. And it doesn't really matter that he's not yeah. great because he's got really good receivers. Um, yeah. yeah they're fun. And also the running game looked good against South Carolina. The, the passing attack is kind of weak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they get a bye week coming up. Then they then they play they play at Georgia the following week, which I can probably guess how that one goes. But it's your chance. Like <laughs> yeah. if you if you want to be a serious team, that's the chance to do it. You got you got to crack at it. It's all you can ask for, right? At, yeah. this, at this program. If I mean, um, if, they, if they want to do that, I'm not going to stop them. That is, you'll, you know, yeah. <laughs> go right ahead, drink. Which that is, uh, I'd be I'd be glad to see it if you want to do that. I don't know. Yeah, you win that to, game right? and. I mean, you're you're favored to win out at that point. You're yeah. you're gonna dance the playoff, man. And so, more importantly, um, you would earn our respect. I know that that's what he cares about much <laughs> more than going to the playoff or winning the SEC or anything like that. Uh, you can, yeah. you, have, you have the chance to earn the respect of this podcast. So something mm-hmm. to think about, something to look forward to. Um, in the MAC, two games here worth mentioning: Toledo twenty-one, Miami seventeen. Jason Candle keeps getting away with it. Miami loses uh, Brett Gabbert pretty early, not not super early, but early enough in this game that it mattered. Um, Avion Smith, the backup, just isn't very good. And uh, Miami had a couple cracks at this late, just couldn't get down the field because Avion Smith isn't very good. Kind of a bummer to see a game <clears throat> in that way. It's never really... That's not what you want, right, to see... A game that that was pretty, you know, Miami had had come back and and had made a game of it. They were down early, and then just doesn't have the juice with the backup quarterback down the stretch to go and try to win it. Toledo, 
not terribly impressive, just in general. I think the defense was, this was one of the best games that I have seen from them, but also, you're doing it against Davion Smith, and it's not all that impressive to me. Uh, bummer for Miami, good win for Toledo. Uh, doesn't doesn't really change my view on either of these teams watching this play. I think that Miami, if Gabbert is healthy, which I, I don't know at this point what his status is, is still probably my pick to win the East. I think they're going to beat Ohio, and that would be it. But Toledo just doesn't have that, doesn't seem to have that extra that extra level. No, but they do just kind of keep winning games, even yeah, if it doesn't look very good. They sure do. Which is worth something. I mean, it's it's worth a lot, actually. Um, which, I mean, I don't know. Good for them. Like, the rest of the way, too, it's not like they have a murderer's row here. They get Buffalo, oh. Eastern Michigan, Bowling Green, and Central Michigan. They, um, they're they probably going to need some help to get the G5. I'd say, I'd say a lot of help to probably get the G5 uh, uh, auto bid. Yeah. However, um, they have a chance to go finish 12-1 and and play in a really good bowl game and have a great year for them, which... I mean, it's Jason Candle, so I think we can safely assume he'll fuck it up at one of these stops. Yeah. Um, but um, really good season. Their only loss is on the road at Illinois. In a game uh, that they should have won. Honestly, they 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 kind of blew it. They should have won that game. Um, yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not be surprised if they do find a way to take a, a bizarre upset because they do that a lot. Uh, yeah. Down the stretch, there are some games in there that could be dangerous, but yeah, and, and and they are four and one in one score games, uh, yeah. which is hmm. usually I know how that how that regression comes into play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whether it's this year or next, they're going to come back to earth. Yeah, yeah we'll and they haven't played that many more games than those. It's you know, <laughs> it's, it's been mostly one score games uh, to to this point. It's been a majority one score games. That's not good. That's not really what you want. Um, but do you know who does want that, Ryan? Staying in the MAC is Northern Illinois. These guys can't stop playing one-score games. They love it. They, they win. must lead the country. They really have yeah, to. It's they, insane. It's every fucking year. It, it is every year. It's every week. Northern Illinois, 20. Eastern Michigan, 13. NIU goes down and wins it late. Um, Rocky Lombardi, not good. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't matter. They run the ball pretty well. Ontario Brown did not have his best game, but he, he you know, he scored a touchdown. He moved the ball a little bit. Rocket Lombardi has a rushing touchdown. I liked what I saw from Gavin Williams, um, and they do enough. The defense, I think, is is really starting to turn a corner for these guys. Eastern Michigan, I've talked about, has been a little bit just disappointing this year. I thought they should have been better than they than they have been. But NIU, man, just finds a way to win games. They really do. Yeah. Last year was full regression. They lost all of those games that they won in in you know in in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. I think it was twenty twenty one when they did that actually. Yes. Um, not 2020. 2020 was not good for them. Um, Correct. And then last year, that all of that goes away. <laughs> they lose a whole bunch of games. This year, it's been kind of split. I think they're they're four and four, if memory serves. But they have won. yeah four and four, two and three, and one score games. Yeah, yeah. but they have won their last three, three. Yeah, they beat Akron. They cr- they beat that shit out of Akron. They beat Ohio by ten, and then they beat Eastern Michigan down the stretch again. At Central Michigan, Ball State at home, Western Michigan at home, and at Kent State, they need help. They need a lot of help, actually, because they lost to Toledo, and so they would need Toledo to lose two conference games, which seems like probably too much to ask, but they could win out here. They could be they could be looking at 8-4 and four at the end of the year. That would be a great year for them, um, and I think it is entirely possible. It's also possible that they play four more one-score games, and they lose at least one of them, because that's what they do, but... Uh, good year for them here as they have they have figured some things out after starting one and four. Um, nice to see them. Nice to see them turning some things around. And they are yeah firmly number two in the West. I just don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, Thomas Hammock is looking at the 
ideal Mac coaching career, which is being at the same school for like 20 years and like always going between eight and four and four and eight. Yeah. Um, you love to have that. You love to have that. Yep. That is, uh, that's what you look for. If you're trying to be a Mac coach, a, a lifetime Mac coach, just do that forever. Saturday evening. Oh man. Oh, it was so good. There was so much good shit this, this Saturday evening. Let's go first to the the flipping the field special, the game that we love to see, the result that we love to see. That would be Utah, 34, on a last-second field goal, beating USC, 32. Um, no Cam Rising, no Brant Keithy. That's going to be true for the rest of the season. They are both officially out, and it doesn't matter. Bryson Barnes leads the game-winning drive in a very roundabout way, has a big uh, has a big run to set up the game-winning field goal. He, I don't think, is going to be especially good for them this season. He hasn't been especially good for them this season. But against USC's defense, he did enough, and Utah gets the win. Um, USC should be ashamed of itself, just as a just as a as a as a people, as a people, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should apologize to whatever force they believe in, <laughs> whatever whatever God they need to make peace with, they need to be doing that because this this team is is just a disaster. Yeah, I um, I know he's like a twenty-year-old kid, so I probably shouldn't be too mean. But um, seeing Bear Alexander weeping on the sidelines, I gotta say, I was a little bit happy with it. Yeah. I, I got to admit that I was kind of happy watching that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that mean? I don't know. Who cares? I mean, uh, he, he he loves to target. He loves to lead with the crown of his helmet. He just he he can't he can't help himself. He loves to do he, it. And that, that is a really funny penalty. Because folks were defending it because it was like, oh, he didn't actually lead the crown with his face mask. He leapt up in the air and landed <laughs> face first on someone else's face. Yeah. Um, with his full 320 pound body weight <laughs> behind it. It's the, the fucking definition of targeting. Yeah, it was the um, most targeting that you could possibly <laughs> you could really get from that situation. With a, and, a with a not very explosive player that is about as explosive a targeting as you could ever see. And and it led it, it gave Utah the ball at the 49 yard line. Uh it was after the play was run as well. Uh, Because the yards count, they got the eight-yard completion, and then they added 15 more on. Um, So Utah got the ball at the 49-yard line and went on to uh, to convert. They got that. uh, They got it done, man. They. I will say, I was. I know I should always trust Kyle Whittingham, but I was sweating out his end-of-game clock management. Yeah, where he kept like letting clock bleed just by having three timeouts in the pocket. Yeah. Um, he knew what he was doing. I should have trusted him, (laughs) but. Oh, oh man, that made me sweat when they when they like ran a play with five seconds off the center of the football. I was, I gotta admit, I was a little nervous in that one. Yeah, the whole thing just made me sweaty. Um, Bryson Barnes was the hero here. I he didn't play very well, but had the twenty six yard gain. I mean, he played um, about as well as you could possibly hope Bryson Barnes would play. He's a limited, <laughs> he's a limited player, and uh, the the cure for that was playing against the USC defense. He had three touchdown passes. He he, you know, he did set him up for that for game. Yeah, yeah, set him up for that game winning field goal. He did enough, and that is yeah. the credit to him. Um, the, the also as uh, as Kyle Winningham pointed out in the post game interview, uh, he grew up raising twelve thousand pigs in Southern Utah. <laughs> Uh, um, that was his <laughs> what he was doing before this pick farmer oh man um Sione Vaki was awesome too he, he's he had... he's so fucking good dude he is so good <laughs> he was the best player on the field for almost all of this game yeah 217 total yards um man yeah man he's a freak he he's just and like 
I don't know. I, to be, to, I thought Jaquan Jackson played pretty well running back. Yeah. It was kind of just those three guys, right? It was Barnes, Jackson, and, and Vaki, like on offense. Yeah. Like Davon Vele and, and Money Park or Money Parks did not play very well. No. Um, they uh, each had a couple drops, like on uh, would be scores. Um, I'll say Zachariah Branch was sick for for USC. Yeah. I recognize he had three total yards of offense, but on special teams. Just the speed that, that guy has, the way he plays. Yeah, I mean he um, he basically get, he basically scored the go ahead touchdown here with with not very much time left. It was his punt return that that set up that that score. Um, yeah, they don't. I don't he, think they uh, get there he, without it. I don't think they get down the field without him. No, he had 152 yards on special teams. Yeah, um, for them that is a massive difference in field position. Uh, the kid, the kid can really really play. Like yeah. he is just a treat to watch it sucks he plays for this team he should transfer to ohio state um but uh he is he is really cool to watch i don't know i mean caleb williams shit his pants yeah um just not very good he, uh... he's just not very good i it's it's <laughs> i it, we we have to like i feel like we continuously have to rally against him because every time i watch a usc game he is just he's the only topic of discussion it's how amazing he looks recovering his own fumble for you know a, a ball that he dropped for no reason or dicking around in the backfield for 25 seconds and then hitting a wide open receiver <laughs> like it's I, I, I don't i don't get it i don't what am i missing what am i not seeing here that everybody on the fucking broadcast is like oh my god this kid's amazing no he isn't he looks like shit he looks like he sucks at quarterback i don't know what you're seeing did you did you were you listening to the bro i know you usually watch like multi-view or a few different screens were you listening to the broadcast yeah yeah in the fourth quarter where they especially, said i had it i had it on where, as the main thing where they said, the announcer said, I forget who was actually calling the game, um, that a, a few seconds after that ball he dropped on third down that led to them, I think, uh, kicking the field goal. Yeah. Um, they said, actually, it might have been a good thing that he dropped that football. <laughs> I think his, 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 the out route they were going to throw to there was pretty well covered. It might have yeah. been a pick. Yeah. It and it's, it's, like, it's a good thing that he didn't throw the ball because it would have been a disastrous interception. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that would have been on him as well. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good thing he made this less shitty mistake instead of the clear, very shitty mistake that he would have made. Um, They're always so in the bag for him, but uh, like that one was maybe the worst one I've ever heard of them saying it was a good thing he dropped the snap. I could not believe I heard that. It's so, Um, it's so nasty. It is just, it is so fucking nasty. Every week it's, it's just unrelenting. He stands yeah. back there in the pocket for for forty five seconds, and the pressure doesn't get home. And they're just like, "This kid's amazing! Look at how he avoids the pressure." It's like there's no pressure. He's just standing there. He's literally just <laughs> bouncing around in the back. He's not doing anything. He's just he's no, just he's standing sure there. Not. His line is just holding. It's not it's not like imp- he's, they're just holding. That's what they're doing. That's the whole game plan. It's just the holding offense. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it is great to see him fail. It is great to see bad things happen to him. Um, and then even on the last drive, as Utah is is churning the way down the field and and setting up the game winning field goal, they're talking about how great. Yeah, look at how great of a leader Caleb Williams is rallying his team. And then the camera on him on the sidelines. He's distance. just he's yeah. just sitting alone on the bench, not talking to anyone, not not really even just he's he's dissociating. He's somewhere else. What an amazing. They also this, they did it last week too. Leader. They were hyping him up for his big his big speech. Go rally the troops. <laughs> Uh, against against fucking Arizona, yeah. uh, they had or two weeks ago they did that. Um, yeah, dude, maybe you shouldn't play so bad that you have to be in that kind of game with Arizona. Yeah, uh, there was, you would have to be a big leader. There was another moment where there was, I think it was like an Austin Jones run, like a power run for a couple yards on on the 
on a drive in the fourth quarter and the announcers are talking about like look at how excited the towel boys are on the sidelines they're fired up look at the it's just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course they're fired up they're the towel then, boys that's the <laughs> yeah they should be the whole team should be fired up and the rest of them are just sitting on the bench they're playing on their phones on the sidelines. Oh, <laughs> uh, the post game interviews were, or the post game interview rather was great because Riley did not uh, make his players available to the media. No, first of all, coward. Yeah, you're a coward. Yeah. Um, second, he was giving his interview while the Utah players, were, who are apparently adjacent, uh, I guess the visitors' locker room yeah. is right next to the press room at USC. Uh, so you could hear the Utah players listen to Many Men by Fifty Cent. Yeah, uh, as Riley was giving his interview, hilarious. Um, friend of the show Ryan Karchi, who is the uh, USC beat reporter for the LA Times, also pointed out that um, uh, Lincoln was bitching about asking where the national title expectations came from. That's not what he ever said. Oh my! God. And then pulled up a quote he gave to Bill Klaschke when he was hired in 2022. Uh, saying he came here to win championships and they didn't come to play for second is the expectation. Yeah. Um, pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Complaining about national title expectations. Dude, they You're at USC. You're at USC, yeah, you motherfucker. That's the only expectation. <laughs> That's the whole they reason. Make, you make $10 million a year, brother. Oh like, my God. What else would it go possibly Go bag groceries. Be? If you don't want to have pressure, go bag groceries. Oh. It's not my fault. Jesus Christ. What an asshole. What yeah. an unrepentant asshole he is. Just a complete fucking loser. Jesus. I will say they are turning on him fast. Yeah, they should um, be. He sucks. He's a shitty coach. He's just not good. He's just not good. He's not good at anything. He sucks. Oklahoma fans were lulled into his insecurity by having 20 years straight where they won 10 games but lost every big game. Yeah. They love to do that. I like, guess their whole thing. Uh, they were cool with Lincoln Riley, and then now they're getting to make fun of him because they have a uh, Maybe better coach. I don't know. They both suck, but yeah. Venables is maybe better than Riley. I don't know. It's pretty funny either way. I, and uh, I think by the end, Oklahoma fans were pretty sick of his shit. I, I think they were just about done with him by the by the last the last maybe stretch big game there. boomer loved him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the representative but, of the fan base. Yeah, big game. Boomer. He is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone has their own. Ohio State has Jay Book. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma has big game boomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan has swanky Wolverine. Yeah. Um, and those guys are all. They actually have Steve Deese that's theirs. <laughs> yeah, there's just the there's the the regent, the school regent, the crazy guy. Um. <laughs> uh, no, but it was it was a very very funny result. I'm so happy Utah won. I'm happy for Utah. Um, they do have that big test with Oregon coming up here, which is going to be a really tough game. Um, but if they win that one, man, it's all in front of them. Yeah, all of it's still in front of them. Yep. Um, it's going to be a really tough game, but but really pumped for them. Um, great to see USC lose. There's more coming. We're not done with this yet. Oh yeah. Uh, Dabo and and which we're who we're gonna talk about soon. And Lincoln Riley still have more gifts to give us here. Oh yeah. Uh, but they're absolute shit. Um, it's not gonna happen this way. But I'll say this: like Cal is capable of beating USC. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are capable of beating USC. Um, if they finish with six straight losses, I'll cry. I'll cry, dude. <laughs> Yeah, they. I mean, I, I, I would guess seven and five because I don't think that they're going to beat any of Washington, Oregon, or or UCLA. I just, I don't think they're going to. I would imagine that they're going to be che- pretty checked out at this point, and I can't even imagine what it would be like for that UCLA game when they have at least four losses, um, probably back to back blowout losses. It's, uh, they're going to quit. This is that's what they do. They quit. This is a quitting program, and they're that's gonna quit. it's already being talked about. There are people. Are- 
already saying Caleb Williams should sit out the rest of the season. Yeah, he should. Um, he should do that. Yeah, go ahead. There's, <laughs> there's no what, – what are you what are you playing for? It's obvious that you don't care about your teammates. Dude, just quit. You don't need to do this. Just quit. <laughs> just go. Go away. I'm done with you. I'm done with yeah, him. Yeah, fake I don't, an injury. I don't fake an to. injury and quit. He doesn't even need to do that. He could just go out on a fucking podcast and talk about his own, you know, his personal value. And and he does, you know, he's he's got to he's got to protect he's got to protect number one. And you know, got to got to make sure that he's healthy for the for the next level. He wants to start preparing. Like the, the the fucking NFL guys are morons. They would eat it up. You could easily do this. I will say though, I need him to keep playing because there are still people on Twitter. I saw some, I don't know, one of those classic five aggregator accounts yeah. calling him maybe the best quarterback in college football history, um, which pissed <laughs> me off so fucking much. So I I do need to see him keep playing so he keeps losing. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want that erased. Yeah, I'm sick of him. I uh, I love to see him lose. I've, I don't think I've ever disliked a college football player more than I dislike him. Just an awful, awful, odious guy. And, and funny like enough, we both hate this team, but I think I actually hate Bear Alexander more than I hate Caleb Williams. Yeah, um, it's cool. They've got well, something Bear, for everybody. Yeah, Bear, for like the, the 10 plays a game he tries hard, does at least try hard on those plays, whereas Caleb simply never does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. I, I love being a hater. It's just such a rewarding thing in our lives to be to be haters. It's so, it's beautiful. Like it'll never get, I'll never run out of things to find joy out of hating on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got another hater special here because Virginia thirty-one, North Carolina twenty-seven at North Carolina, dude. Holy shit! How did you do this? How did this happen? What the oh, fuck man. happened here? I, this was one that you kept in on the message board. You kept posting like, hey, keep an eye on this. There's something maybe kind of weird going on at North Carolina. And then finally got to the fourth quarter and, and Virginia still had a lead. And I I checked in and I was just like, yeah, they, they, they didn't do it. North Carolina had a chance to go down and win this game and they didn't do it. Uh, Virginia with the first, I mean, honestly, it's not the first win of the, of the Tony and Elliot, the Tony Elliott era, but it's I'm going to say, I'm going to say this era. is the first win of the Tony Elliott era. He's never had he's a win. He's only won like three before. games, right? Yeah. This is his first ever win as a football coach. He's never had one before. Um, and it comes against North Carolina, oh. top 10, North Carolina. Um, I, baffling ba- absolutely baffling result one of those that even like the more you look at it the less sense it makes i i can look at this box score for hours i could watch the extended highlights of this game for hours i would understand it less afterward than i do just going in it doesn't make any sense nothing here makes any sense yeah yeah and uh drake may threw the game ceiling pick which is kind of funny yeah um we like to see that um i don't know i mean like 37 they minutes suck. of possession. Virginia had the ball for 37 minutes. <laughs> and it was so weird to watch because it was just like, I just kept looking up and Tony Musket, who I, I was objectively sucks, right? I've watched yeah. him play a couple of other games. He is just bad. And like, even in this game, I don't think I would say like what he did was good. I mean, he completed two thirds of his passes, but less than seven yards in attempt. He just seemed to always make a key play where they needed one. Yeah. Um, Mike Hollins was a captain clutch for them, had three touchdowns uh, on the ground. Um, I, dude, it's just a hilarious game. I mean, like, I, I don't even think that anyone involved played that well. No. Um, there was nothing I saw where I was like, oh, damn, like, Virginia, like, they're just getting, like, games of their lives. Like, all of these players suck. 
Yeah, I I thought that there were I I, I thought Tez Walker and Malik Washington the two receivers. Tez Walker, yeah, yeah. Fair, I, fair, I, fair, I thought they yeah. both played pretty well, and that was about it. I thought those were the two guys who had who had standout games here. Omari and Hampton was was fine for North Carolina. He went up over a hundred yeah. yards. This was not a very good. Drake no one May got game. pressure. Also, like no one was making like negative plays. No, there were eight combined tackles for a loss in the game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Four combined sacks. Um. Come on, like no one did anything. <laughs> no, no one did anything. Very, just a weird game. Really weird game, and then Virginia wins. Not, uh, this one was not, I'm going to say, on our radar coming into this week, but good for them. Yeah. Uh, I will, happy I will for... say, big news for me personally, I, I found out because of this game that apparently, I, I have the digital antenna. Um, the quality is like usually pretty good. I don't really do it for that reason, though. It's because you don't have the delay you get from a streaming service. Yeah. Um, so you're getting games more live for, for tweeting purposes. Yeah. Uh, I did find out that apparently I get the CW on there. Ah. So um, probably the last game I'll watch on the CW this season, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, I can maybe fire up a tween drama uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the season. I'm gonna there get into go. whatever original programming the CW was currently running. Yeah, I yeah, I can't. I wouldn't. I can't tell you. Probably not very. Not probably not nothing. Uh, nothing all that good. I would <laughs> assume. Maybe maybe nothing that's gonna really grab your interest. But uh, this did. This was good. This was some great original programming that they had over there. Uh, happy for Virginia, and of course, very happy to see North Carolina lose. We can get them out of here. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Not my problem. No longer our concern that North Carolina is around because they're yeah. not. They're gone. They're dead. They're they're not. <laughs> Several more coming too. They Several still do in the season. More with... coming. Oh yeah. Like what, what's going to happen is they're going to win the next two because they they play Georgia Tech and Campbell. Are they? Um. I mean, yeah, they just they just lost to Virginia. Are they going to beat Georgia Tech? Or I, yes. I don't know that. Yes. They just lost to Virginia at home. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, come on. They're still going to be Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just lost to Boston College at home. I know. Um, Vir- Virginia had one win before this. They lost at Boston College. I get it. I Look, you're, you're not going to catch me saying North Carolina's good. Yeah. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they probably don't get their ass kicked in a shocking upset by a bad team two yeah. weeks in a row. They're not Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> uh, but I think they'll they'll somehow get into mid-November at eight and one, and like a couple of teams will lose in front of them while we're waiting. Like they have a bye week right now, or no, they don't. Just kidding. They play two more games. Um, they're gonna get there at eight and one, and they're still gonna be like in the top fifteen-ish somehow because of losses in front of them. And we're gonna have to like, oh man, North Carolina is still alive in the playoff race, and then they're gonna get their they're gonna get the, they're gonna get pants by Duke. Duke is yeah. gonna pull their pants down and laugh at their little dicks. Yeah, and. That's all we can ask for. Yeah, that is going to be really good. We do look forward to that. Um, Ole Miss twenty-eight, Auburn twenty-one. I have no, I have no thoughts here. Ole Miss is not, not doing anything that's all that impressive to me. But they do, they do win, they do survive, they do move forward with only one loss. Um, did not. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Did not watch this one. Not really all that interested in this football game. I I had it on the second screen while it got tight for a while. Um, because other games were at halftime, so like whenever uh, Florida State and Utah were both at halftime, I was uh, I was watching uh, this for a bit. Um, yeah, like you said, not a time to take away. Quinchon Jenkins is awesome. He had a few flash runs. Uh, just very very good player. Yeah. Um, always a joy to watch him. Jackson Dart was not that good in this game, but has been having a good season overall. Uh, I think he's improved as a player. Um, Drake was Hunter played well for Auburn. Um, 
I don't know. I thought Cedric Johnson played well almost his defense. Uh, he's a good pass rusher. Same with Marcus Harris for Auburn. They, uh, I don't know, man. Like Auburn is, I guess, a little better than I thought, but still bad. Um, yeah. Ole Miss seemingly is going to probably going to enter the Georgia game uh, on November 11th with just one loss still. Um, they'll probably get they'll probably get wrecked, but I don't know. Yeah. Could be fun. Um, I think Ole Miss is is a better team than I gave them credit for coming into the season. I think they are pretty solidly a top 15 team this year. Yeah. Um, which, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lane Kiffin was talking some trash. Whatever. It's a, it's a whole, they're a whatever anonymous top 15 team. Yeah. Um, all Some, right. Somebody's got to uh, We there. had, no. We had a good game here. Um, they kind of ended, unfortunately, because of Riley Leonard's injury. Duke came up short against Florida State. They lost 38-20. It was a game that was much closer than that uh, before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, just tough. I mean, Florida, I, I will say Florida State, even though Leonard was hurt, their offense still turned it on against a very good Duke defense. Yeah, they had this almost, team is uh, now, almost a 60% yeah. success rate in this game. That's yeah. lofty. That's lofty. That's pretty, that's pretty damn good. They've played three good-ish teams in LSU, Clemson, and Duke. And in the second half of those games, they were outscoring their opponents 69 to 14. Yeah. Um, they just, like, this is a team that knows how to flip a switch um, against a good opponent. And uh, that's valuable. I mean, yeah. is it sustainable against, like, good opponents? Um, I don't know. Probably not. But the only teams they play left that are semi-serious are yeah. Miami. And I mean, the and, they're, and they're three for three on it so far. I mean, it's it's right. it's been sustainable enough. Um, they do it despite a pretty, I mean, a, a very quiet day for Keon Coleman relative to what we have usually seen from him. They spread the ball all over the place. Jaheim Bell played yeah, really well. Johnny Wilson played well. Yeah, I Johnny Wilson played well. Um Lawrence Toafili, I thought was pretty good for them. He did more as a as a pass catcher than he did as a runner. Um, they got all sorts of guys involved. I thought this was a pretty good. Rodney Jordan Hill had a big run. Yeah, half too. Yeah. yeah, Jordan Travis. Uh, he did have a, he did have a fumble and an interception, but other than that, he was he was good. Um, just solid. <laughs> they're just they're just solid. I thought that Duke put up a really. This was an admirable effort from Duke. Uh, Riley Leonard's stats, I don't think, are entirely fair to him. I, I thought he played pretty well before he got hurt. Um, bummer to see him go down and to see the game basically end on that. They just didn't have... They don't have the guys to, to do it without him. Um, and I, I don't know that they would have done it with him, but it was it was competitive. I mean, it was Duke looked pretty good here for, for a, a pretty decent stretch of the game, and... I think is a good team. It's just Florida State is really hard to keep down for 60 minutes, and they they pull away and they they get the job done and, and remain unbeaten. I don't know if anybody is going to change that in the regular season. I think they are probably headed for 12 and 0. Yeah, um, I, I will say. I mean, like, uh, if I could give Duke some credit here, they did not allow a single sack against this Florida State front. Yeah, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, I thought, I mean, Leonard was pressured quite a bit as was Bellin, but they didn't give up any sacks. That's nice. It's nice yeah. to have. Yeah. Um, they, you got to come away with this game if you're Duke and like feeling like, look, we were in this game. We were winning with Leonard. We could have won this. Our guy gets hurt. It is what it is. Like, I think that's kind of the takeaway for them. Jordan Waters didn't have a ton of yards, but I thought he played very well situationally. Uh, Jaquez Moore was good for Duke, like you said. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. Like, it's it's a tough spot for Duke to be in. And it's two really tough losses to swallow. 
but this team is one of the best Duke teams of our lifetime. Yeah. Um, and Mike Elko is a very, very, very good coach. Um, I think Duke can hold their heads pretty high after this one. Yep. I would agree with that, and I think that they will. Uh, there are more wins on the way for Duke. Hopefully, Riley Leonard is okay. I have not seen the the latest on him. Um, I hope that this he was, was running on the sideline. I mean, yeah. I think I, I'm, I'm, he was I'm, trying to go. I, yeah. I, I'm hoping that this was not a situation where they rushed him back and made it worse. Um, it, like you said, he was running on the sidelines. I think he's probably okay. Just you know, tweaked it. But uh, yeah, hope hope he can be hope he can be back. He's a pretty big part of what they want to do, and I think that they are they are solidly good, just not good enough to uh, to do this quite yet. Uh, Florida State is is excellent. Remains, I think, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, Miami twenty eight, Clemson twenty in double overtime. Uh, this was Miami really didn't want to win this game, but it does find a way to win this game. This is uh, this was the the loser fest, and Dabo ultimately is the bigger loser than Mario Cristobal somehow, which takes some fucking doing to pull that off. Um, not an especially entertaining football game. My, Miami playing without Tyler Van Dyke here, Emory Williams the backup was not was not very good. I don't really blame him blame him for that, you know. I don't think that yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I don't think that you want him to be in the game <laughs> at this point in his in his development and he looked like it. I, I thought he he handled it relatively well. Um Cade Klubnik had the chance to go down and win this game and and did not do it. Um really did not do it at all. And I think Clemson just he didn't do shit. Just not very good. I think Clemson's just not very good as a as a football team. This is their their third loss now. Um, Miami gets back on track. Big win for them. Really, really much needed win for them to keep from yeah. from spiraling. I mean, they it could have gotten really, really bad here, and it still could. But it's I, still good, I yeah. think that they have <laughs> I think they have stabilized enough with this win that you can see them bouncing back um, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, probably but, good. A good eight and fourteen. Yeah, like they'll, but they'll take uh, yeah. Clemson, man, oof, it's really bad. It's really, really, really bad for Clemson this season. They're just not good. They're just not. And the biggest just thing not a too is like. The, the Clemson offense, even with bringing in Garrett Riley, like I think always going to have some questions. The biggest thing is everyone in the preseason, and I mean like just about everyone, um, was going to talk about how good this the Clemson defensive front was going to be. Uh-huh. And we pointed out repeatedly on this podcast that yeah. it's like you were relying on several freshmen to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, guys who are have not played a snap of college football yet. Let's just wait and see. And I feel pretty good about that assessment from us after Miami averaged almost six yards per carry on the ground. Um, you know, that's something where they, and they also didn't get a single sack on this game. Clemson didn't like it's, it's like, and Miami's own line is not very good. Like it's all new guys who are brought in via the transfer portal. It's a bunch of brand and, and freshmen too. It's a bunch of new faces. Yeah. Um, they don't have like a great line. They've been gotten after all season. Um, and I'm going to after them on other teams did too. I don't like, I think Clemson just does not have that much talent in the front. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing that was holding up these Clemson teams for the last few years here is they always had that talent, that pass rush, that those game make those game breakers in, in, in the front. And they just don't have that right now. Like I think Tyler Davis is good. And Jeremiah Trotter is a clear NFL back or NFL linebacker, but like they don't have a lot of other dudes up front. Um, I will say Miami has one. Ruben yeah. Bain was nasty this game. Yeah. Um, very good. Very, very good. I think he had 10 pressures in the day, two sacks, um, was just living in the backfield. Yeah. Um, I thought he was awesome. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Clemson sucks, man. Yeah, Clemson sucks. 
uh, good win for Miami. Miami is, uh, like I said, I think What's probably that? probably a little bit stabilized. Uh, but we'll, yeah. we'll see I'm looking at Clemson's like, yeah. schedule. They, got, they, they, they still go. They still have Notre um, Dame. They still have North Carolina. Um, and then it's probably three winnable games. Outside of that, I think it's NC yeah. State, Georgia Tech, and South Carolina. I mean, road games, NC State and South Carolina, I would kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think Clemson could pretty easily, like, they probably go seven and five, right? I think they probably go seven and five and lose those two to Notre Dame, North Carolina. They can also beat North Carolina at home pretty easily. Yeah. Um, somewhere between six and six and eight and four is what they're looking at, which is hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. We love that. Yeah, we love that. All right. Top 10 team. Top 10 team, folks, coming into the year. These Clemson Tigers. Come on. Come on, everybody. We don't need to We don't yeah. need to do this anymore. They're done. They're done. They don't have it anymore. Um, Michigan 49. We can run through this one. Michigan 49, Michigan State 0. Uh, just an ass whooping. Really, really just an ass whooping. It was never competitive. Michigan scores with like nine seconds left. Uh, I love that. Love to see that. Um, yeah. No, they did ruin uh, a great joke though, which I saw on Twitter. I, I, I wish I could credit the poster. I didn't save it, uh-huh. but someone said, uh, as, as Michigan State was losing forty-two nothing, uh, that they you saw the Hitler controversy pre-game. I assume. <laughs> uh, what you want to be having? Not a conversation that you want folks to be having about your football program when there's a no. Hitler scandal before a game. Yes, I, <laughs> I did see this. Yeah. Well, both teams. I mean, the, Hitler was batting a thousand in this game. Uh-huh. Um, shout out to Donald Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, people were joking. As you know, Hitler's birthday is four twenty. Um, yeah, I believe you have a tattooed on you. No, and, um... I don't. I don't have that. Don't, let's not. No, I don't have that. That's that's you actually. It's a mirror. Turn uh... your monitor on. <laughs> anyway, uh, people were joking that that Michigan is going to win forty two nothing to honor four twenty. Yeah, uh, in his birthday, but didn't go that way. Didn't go um... that way. Yeah, of course. That for people who did not see this, Michigan State had a had a Hitler related trivia. On its uh, pregame like score, the 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 big jumbotron board, um, and uh, just don't need to have that in general. Just not something you need to have in the trivia. I don't think. Apparently, apparently they pay a third party service to put like YouTube trivia videos on their <laughs> scoreboard. Um, I think we could do that, dude. We could be starting up that kind of company. There's so uh, much money in this sport that's just being spent on nothing. It's just nothing. There's nothing. There, you're not buying. An, you're buying a YouTube video. You're just putting it on the screen. You could just do that. You, you yeah, to, really, really good. You don't need you to, to pay some consulting firm yeah. that fucks you over because it has Hitler in the in the trivia. <laughs> it seems like a pretty easy guy not to include in the fucking trivia. <laughs> Yeah, no need for that. No need for that. Oh, uh, pretty, man. pretty bad. Michigan State did take its one uh, customary cheap shot. Yeah, uh, I believe it was Spencer Brown took one on the ground at Brady McGregor. Um, no injuries to my knowledge. No major ones, at least. Um, you do have to respect Michigan State sticking to the brand and doing that every year. Yeah, it's kind of their thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have nothing. As as our buddy Dan uh, Thick Stauskas pointed out. Um, it could be a lot worse. You could still have to pay Mel Tucker his money. Yeah. Um, imagine him doing this season and still being owed $76 million. Um, yeah. Could be worse. Could, could be. be a lot worse. Could be worse. Uh, out in the Mountain West, UNLV 25, Colorado State 23. They win it on a game-winning field goal. Really weird game. I don't have a ton of in-depth stuff to say about this. UNLV did not look terribly impressive to me, but they 
they won, and that was the big thing that they needed to do. Uh, they, they have, in uh, fact, not looked terribly impressive at all this year, ever, or 6-1. haven't really played anybody to look impressive against. They kicked, I believe, in this game, yeah, they had uh, three, four, five, they had six field goals? That's a lot of field goals in one game. It was pretty much all field goals. Uh, they had one touchdown run, and then it was just field goals. And I guess that's one way to do it. They they threw for more than 350 yards. Um, they were generally moving the ball, just not finishing drives. They did enough still to win the game, but could have made it a lot easier on yourself if you didn't kick a 28-yard field goal, a 34-yard field goal, a 25-yard field goal, and then a couple longer ones. Like, I don't know, just put the ball in the end zone at that point. You're already you're already close. Just go in the end zone. Yeah, just go in the end zone. Um, the end zone. UNLV has, has six wins this year, yep. and the combined record of their opponents is 10 and 30. Um, <laughs> they they did get their ass by Michigan as well, who's 8 and 0. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Bowl eligible. I'm not, doesn't, doesn't happen all that often for UNLV. It's true. It's true. It's like it's the best season of, of UNLV football, I don't know, since when? A long time. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been it's been a minute since this. Yeah. What's the rest of their schedule look like? Let's see who they got coming it's, up. It's hard. Um, it gets hard really quick. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, they play. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, their last five games are at Fresno State, at New Mexico, versus Wyoming, at Air Force, against San Jose State. Yeah. Um, they're probably – I mean, they can still win eight games, right? They can still beat New Mexico and San Jose State. I don't know about um, San Jose State. I think San Jose State's figured some things out from watching them play okay. yesterday. I, I, but it's uh, – yeah. I, I think – I think, they yeah, could. I'm not saying they're going to be fav- – they're not going to be favored in that game. It's a winnable game. It's yeah. at home. They could. Yeah, yeah. they could. I, I think probably um, seven or eight wins. That's a good year. That's a good year for UNLV. Uh, definitely. Brandon Marion, you are getting a new job, brother. Oh, it's yeah. Time again. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Um – San Diego State uh, loses six <laughs> nothing to Nevada. Embarrassing <laughs> shutout. Um, Holy shit! This Nevada. Is, Nevada is, had is, had been winless. I believe it was seventeen straight losses for Nevada coming into this this game. San Diego State here, uh, two hundred and four total yards, forty seven passing yards. They had one hundred and fifty seven on the ground. Um, zero points. Eleven first downs. They were they they didn't score. They didn't score any points. Nevada was 0 and six, dude. Yeah, 0 and six. They lost 14 straight to FBS teams. Oh my god! As you said, 16 straight overall. Uh, Just horrifying. This is the this is the the, only the second time this season that that Nevada allowed fewer than 30 points in a game, and it was zero. They they (laughs) the, the the previous low for this defense was 27. Zero. Come on. Zero? Yeah. None? No points? Couldn't put any any point? Not even a field goal? Oh, my God. Well. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I got to think Brady Hoke is not is not making it out of the season, right? Some of the off-the-field controversies. I um, mean, you would think. Feel, zero? Feel the team this bad. Yeah. Zero. Man, zero. Yeah. Zero is so few. Either right? That's so few points to score. No, they're probably not going to win the rest of the way. I don't know. Let me look at what the. They get Utah State next week, as you probably know. They get Utah State in two weeks. There's a bye this week. Um, Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, at Colorado State, at San Jose State, Fresno State at home. No, they're done. They're they're going to be three and nine. They're done. Um, Woof. (laughs) Woof. That's not a good year. That is not. I don't think that's what they were looking for this year. 
What a uh, what a shit show. What a disaster that is. Moving to the Sun Belt here real quick. Georgia State is up to 6-1. and one. Great start to the year for them with a 20-17 to 17 road win at Louisiana. They hold on late. Louisiana was uh, very nearly in position to win this game, but Georgia State gets it done. Big, big, big win for them and a big win for the uh, the sake of the Sun Belt East race. Louisiana's in the West, but Georgia State's in the East, and somebody's going to have to win it, and I think it's probably going to be Georgia State. Um, and then also in the Sun Belt, in, in much worse news for an East team, I guess good news for one East team, uh, App State loses at Old Dominion 28-21. to We've said it before. I don't think we need to dive too much into it again, but App State... Let's get moving here. Let's let's get on, let's get on into the market. Let's get out. Uh, let's get done with this. I don't think we need to see it, see uh, see any of this anymore. I think we have. Uh, I think we've gathered gathered enough info at this point. Time to move on. No, yeah, and I I think that like, you might be the best job opening. In the entire southeast. Yep. Just do it. Just do it. It's time. You've seen enough. Sean Clark is not going to do it. It's time. Just move on. You, you, this season's done. You don't. You're not gonna. <laughs> this is the best you could do is about six and six, and that is not really the standard there. They're three and four right now. Just move on. Just be done with it. You don't need to do this anymore. Um, yeah. What a disaster. What a what a disaster loss. What a disaster season for them. Uh, last ones here in the evening. Just roll through these. Kansas State forty-one to three over TCU. BYU kind of crushes Texas Tech twenty-seven to fourteen. Weird game. Uh, Oklahoma State beats West Virginia 48 to 34. Uh, all three of these teams that won are now five and two. Kansas State was the one that impressed me most. They were excellent. They really did not let TCU ever, ever really even involve itself in the battle. Um, but uh, BYU was also pretty dominant. Oklahoma State pulls away late. I think that they are still. It, it does seem like they've got some some stuff going. I love that running back. Um, what was his? Yeah. Uh, let me get the. Let me get the name. He was excellent. He played he played really, really well in this game. Um, do you have any thoughts on these? I'm going to keep, I, I gonna keep it real game. with you. I did not watch a snap of WU Oklahoma State. I, I didn't watch any of it. Yeah. Um, I watched a little bit of the highlights from BYU Texas Tech. I, I kind of agree with your assessment there. Yeah. Uh, Kansas State was the highlight for me as well. Um, like you said, man, I think they're feeling a lot better right about now about how this team looks um they they gotta be right i mean that's uh that is a big answer for them uh avery johnson got involved again had 73 rushing yards um love that the texas offense or so the kansas state offensive line looked very good um yeah i mean even will howard didn't shit his pants this week which is nice yeah Um, Uh, i've got the kid now uh the the name of the running back at oklahoma state ollie gordon 29 carries 282 yards and four touchdowns that's pretty good that's a pretty good day at the office you could do you could do a lot worse than that um he's a good player he was he was he was balling out for them um yeah but by the way kansas state just really quick before i forget here yeah they had six players with double digit rushing totals nice um none of them with triple digits nice and they averaged 6.6 yards per carry hell yeah that is that is on brand <laughs> we love that um yeah not uh just not a ton going on in the big 12 but good wins for those three teams saturday night only one we want to mention and we're just going to mention briefly washington 15 arizona state seven um this is as as significant a sleepwalking situation, I think, as you will ever see. This was a Washington team that, as as far as I could tell, 
just didn't really didn't really prepare for this game, didn't really spend a whole lot of time thinking about this game, and even as the game was going on, didn't really participate until it absolutely had to. Does enough to go and win the game. They get a pick six to uh, to to take the lead and to basically uh, basically seal this one up. They get a field goal late as well. I it's it's you know you don't want to see this right from Washington. It would be nice to see them just take care of business, but. It's one of those where I get it, just don't do it again, right? Like, I, I understand, yeah, you just had a, a giant win, one of the bigger wins in recent memory for the program. I get it. Just don't don't let this be a habit, essentially, is my is my thought here. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, they've kind of made it a habit already, maybe. I guess. Uh, this is the second time it's happened. I mean, it's, you know, it, and and they, they were better against Arizona, which is a better team than they were against Arizona State. I This is the first... This is the first time where I they were seriously in in danger. I think against a bad team, they had been pretty dominant until this point. I don't think they played very well against Cal either. Um, <sighs> they beat them by like forty points. <laughs> was, they, they won, yeah, they won by four scores, but it, it was also like the defense gave up thirty two points. They were kind of just chilling that game. Yeah, yeah, look, it's not a big deal, right? They're going to beat Stanford next week. I, I'm like, they got through it. They got a win. They stayed clean. Um, but I think there are some execution issues on both sides of the football. Uh, again, there are, people were talking about their offense there at like the 2019 LSU Tigers, and they're not that. Um, they're a very good offense that has a high ceiling, can hit explosives like crazy. But there are some efficiency questions on offense to clean up. I mean, a lot of turnovers this game was the problem, not, but but also efficiency. Um, and the defense is just not that good, I think. Um, they, they managed to hold. I, I st- they, they 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 played pretty well here. I don't really blame the defense. It's for Arizona this game. State. I'm not blaming the defense for this game. I'm yeah. talking about the the larger context of the team. Yeah. Um, I guess all I would say is like, look, you're very much still alive. You're going to be alive into November. Um, when you play USC, Utah, Oregon State, Wazoo, back to back to back. Yeah. Um, it feels likelier to me now that Washington goes into the Pac-12 title game with a loss. Uh, we'll see. I, I really, I'm not going to take too much from this game because, like I said, I get it. If it happens again, if they're sleepy against Stanford, I'm going to start to have some serious concerns. But I, I understand having having a bit of a hangover for this one after what happened last week. Like that, I it happens. It it happens even if it's even if it's frustrating. I think they're fine. Um, we'll we'll see. I you know I, then there's there's a very good chance I think that they're gonna go on the road and beat the hell out of USC and these concerns will fall away. Um so we'll I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not all that concerned about it right now. Fair enough. Uh really quick here, just sorry, I, I gotta share this with you. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um Patrick, any comments on the fact that Bernie Kozar has just posted a picture watching the game with Taylor Swift this week? Huh. <laughs> I don't I don't have any comments. That is strange. That is a strange. He's also he's making one of the most insane faces of all time. I'm DMing it to you on Twitter he, right now. I, he uh, makes Bernie Kosar makes some really good posts. He gets in there and he makes some really really high quality posts. Um, please, please look at the face. Look at how horny this man is. It's one of the horniest faces I've ever. Just a massage of pure lust. Let's get a look at this face here. Um... It's loading. It's loading. The Twitter app is is unthinkably slow. Still loading. Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I think you undersold it. Wow! Oh, he's torqued up, dude. Holy shit! He looks like an emoji. <laughs> the 
That's insane. That's an he, insane he is, uh, face. Let me read some of the hashtags he is here. Let me. <laughs> can I read this? We got hashtag Taylor Swift, hashtag Kelsey, hashtag You Matter, which is his his hashtag that he loves. Hashtag Kosar Wellness. Uh, you matter wellness, foundational nutrition, nutrition, self care, wellness, health, fitness, supplements, health, healthy lifestyle. Love that. <laughs> do you think? What do you think the odds are that she had any idea who he is? Uh, low. I think probably pretty low. I I do like the big thumbs <laughs> up next to the old guy making a completely insane face. That's <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah, that's great. Everybody go look at that uh, also, fucking picture. That's an insane face. Well, I was not expecting well, that. It's really good. One more piece of news here to end the uh, end the podcast is that Dan Enos has just been fired in Arkansas. Huh. Um, well, Kenny Guyton has been elevated to the OC role. Oh man. Um, you let the you let the the fox into the hen house. Um, I love Kenny Guyton. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that as an insult. Um, no, no, I know you are. Yeah, I know you are. Good, good, yeah, yeah, I mean, good for him and good for Arkansas. I think that they will benefit pretty yeah, greatly from that. I mean, I think that you know the, the, the whole Arkansas coaching staff is probably not long for a job, right? Like, I don't think that Sam Pittman is making it out of this year. Yeah, um, but good for Kenny to get the experience. Happy yeah. for him. I hope he can have some success and, and parlay it into another another job and then he doesn't just go down with a sinking ship yeah i'm sure he'll get some, maybe i don't know co roll somewhere yeah we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see all right that'll do it for yeah. this uh for this recap ryan unless you have anything else no no uh we're out of here yep we're out of here